It is hot outside. Oh my gosh. Terrible. You all yesterday was yeah. terrible. Yeah, Whew. it is hot. I had uh, it is so hot. <laughs> I saw the coyote chasing the roadrunner and they were both walking. <laughs> we had an That's... interesting uh, phenomenon happen. We had yesterday, we had a heat advisory, really hot, but we also had the cottonwood trees shedding their cotton. So it oh, wow. was like a snowstorm during a yeah. heat advisory. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're having a bad day when it's snowing during a heat advisory. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Yeah. What a mess. We, we're, we are recording this episode in the middle of June. And we have just had an a unseasonably hot spell. And from my experiences, Dan, maybe you can speak because, you know, you're from a very uh, tropical part of this country in Wisconsin. <laughs> but there are like two things that really shut down a firewood operation in my experiences, mud and heat. Yes. It seems like I can work through anything else, but the mud will shut me down and man, the heat. Oh, is it terrible? Yeah, the heat's the big one. I don't have to worry too much about the mud because I have a really sandy soil, but the heat is just, it just makes yeah. you so, it just drains you. Yeah, it does. You know, I don't like, I don't know where the magic temperature is for cold you know when you get the wind and the wind chill and stuff that's painful but it's like you can always dress warm when it's cold out but when it's hot you cannot escape the heat nope no, <laughs> no. everything and sticks to you <laughs> <laughs> and that's why we're inside in the air conditioning right now recording this <laughs> from the comforts of woodhound studios yes guys everyone out there thank you for tuning in my name is Joe, and this is my good friend, Dan, and together we're the Woodhounds. Yes. And you know, Joe, um, with this heat spell happening the last few days, you know what else happened a few days ago? What was that? The Midwest Firewood Frenzy. Oh, yeah. Yes. It was a great event that we had, the second annual Midwest Firewood Frenzy up here in Eau Claire, Wisconsin at the Wolf Ridge Manufacturing Center. And it was just a great time uh, meeting everyone and just talking to them. And, and even though you weren't there, you yes. sort of were. <laughs> Would you care to explain that? Well, it just so happened that your old machine, the Yappa 365, was in attendance. Oh, I miss that thing. <laughs> good, good times. <laughs> yeah, people people were enjoying seeing it run. It was it was it was a lot of fun. Yeah, they uh you know, we bought our new um processor and I traded that one in on it. And Bob from Metsa Machines just considers it a a legacy machine and he asked if I would autograph it. So I did. Wow, I put yeah. The uh, the OWB signature on it and the dates that we had it and I watched it right off in the distance <laughs> well everyone enjoyed uh seeing it and watching it run and i enjoyed everyone who came out uh, meeting you talking with you so if you were there 
thank you for tuning in. Um, if you were on the live stream, thanks for tuning in. And Joe, I think next year we're going to have to get you up here. Yeah, I was planning to be out that way this summer for another function. I was asked to be a speaker at an event and I was going to fly, but the flight was like, it was going to be like $900 from Ooh. Cleveland to, to Madison, Wisconsin. And I was like, good night. I can't, you know, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I know I'm a wash with money because I sell firewood, but I'm not spending $900 on a flight to, oh my gosh. And then, you know, $5 gasoline to get your attention. Yeah. But isn't, isn't that just like a half a cord sale for you? <laughs> it's like a half a month. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but anyhow, um, so we do have, um, I don't know if you, if you saw, we do have a couple emails that came in. So you know what that means. Once again. Ooh. Yeah, it's our segment called Listener Mail. And this week we have actually, a, like I said, we have a couple emails. We have one from Joey Frank. I uh, just want to give him a little shout out for sending in an email. And then we have one from Marcus Traber. And Marcus says, hello and thanks for doing the show I know it's time out of your week, but we listen, but we listeners appreciate it. And his topic was, he was wondering where do we get our wood? And if we would possibly reveal some of the trade secrets for getting wood, um, he just is looking for ideas on where to acquire wood. Oh, wow. Well, thank you, Marcus, for the question. And I would warn you to don't listen to anything I have to say because <laughs> your livelihood depends on it. You will be out of business. <laughs> and I don't know if you want to listen to what I have to say because you may be in for a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, so in the business world, acquiring your, your product is a, is a word they use, procurement. My uh, procurement has been my biggest struggle in running an efficient firewood delivery service. For some reason, when I got into this business, I had just made the faulty assumption that uh, firewood grows on trees. And I would always <laughs> have a ready supply of, of logs to make in the to product to sale and that answer is no. <laughs> it is it is a challenge finding wood. Now, I'm I'm saying about finding wood on a scale of volume, you know, with running a business that right. you can, you know, keep the house and keep <laughs> put food on the table. I, you know, depending on what what your volume needs are, um, you know, if you are just looking for wood for you know, a, a summer's uh, fire, you know, campfires, or even just enough to get you through some cozy nights with your fireplace through the wintertime. In my opinion, I think it is very easy to find that amount of firewood throughout the year. And they're usually just sitting on the curb next to someone's mailbox. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. There's really in my opinion, three ways you go out and you get it yourself. You have like a tree service 
drop it off for you, or in your case, like you mentioned, you buy logs from a logger. Yeah. When I got started, I would go out to the woods. I made friends with property owners and farmers. You know, these farmers hate trees, man. And they <laughs> pulled up them down. And uh, I would ask, and they would say, sure, go get what you need. So that's how I, uh, you know, my firewood needs started with my outdoor wood furnace, which is a very hungry machine to keep yes. fed. So I, you know, just made my own network of just finding people and looking for trees that are down. Uh, I remember during storms, people that I knew would have a tree down, I would go cut it up for them and keep the wood. But I think for a lot of people, it, when you train your eye for it, there's a lot of free firewood or free wood out there. I can probably, every trip that I take into town, I could find wood that is probably for free where you just got to stop and knock on the door. Yep. I agree. Mm -hmm. And, and just talking to your neighbors and in my case, you know, I, I helped one of my neighbors out and that neighbor referred me to another and then that neighbor to another. And pretty soon, you know, I have neighbors that will just message me and say, Hey, a tree came down or we're having this tree taken down. Do you want the wood? Um, so that, that's the biggest thing is just building that network of, you know, starting with just your neighbors and then from there, maybe expanding right. out into your area and getting to know people. And that was the first lesson I learned about the power of a business card. Even if you don't have a business, it pays because it's so cheap to get them made online. Just make yourself a business card. It's got your name and your cell phone number or an email address because when you stop and you, you know, you talk with someone, you hand them your card and they keep it. When, yep. you know, maybe the person who can make decisions wasn't at home when you were talking with the property owner. Well, you know, you never have a pen and paper on you to write down a, a number. So you have your card and you just hand it. Yep. And, and the card really doesn't even have to have anything on it other than your name and your phone number. Yeah. Yeah. But that's a good way to develop leads. But with that option, like I mentioned, with that option is you also have to then be willing to do the work, you know, brushing out trees, <laughs> removing branches, having a way to haul it back to your wood yard. Um, so there is, you know, there's work involved. <laughs> yeah, that was one thing that I had never done, though. I never I felt like those, you know, those Facebook ads for free firewood, you know, and then they show this. 80 foot tree you yep. know, that's, and they want you to cut it down and it's next to power lines and stuff. You know, I never fell for that because I think that it's, it's more work than, than what it's worth. Um, and I didn't, I have never done branches, you know, where the branch, cause that's where all the work is really yep. with the branch removal. Um, the, the wood I would get when I would look for stuff for free, a lot of times it's already been cut up. And it's on a residential neighborhood and people don't want the wood and they just set it out at the curb. And when right. there's cut wood sitting out at the curb, that means free. Yeah. And generally that I think happens when a tree removal service has been hired, but the homeowner doesn't want to pay for the removal of the wood, just the cutting down of it. And so the tree service leaves it there for the homeowner to deal with. 
the homeowner advertises it free, someone comes and gets it. Right. And that is something I had learned about tree service. Now I'm not an expert here and I'm, they're not all of the, they're not all the same, but a lot of tree services, um, you know, once that tree is on the ground, uh, you know, <laughs> all of the money making potential is gone from it and it becomes, <laughs> a, it becomes a liability to them. It, it becomes a pain. You know, they got to do all the branch cleanup and then they have all this wood and they may not have a place to take it home to. And right. that is where if, you know, some tree service companies will give it to a person for free, but some will expect money for it. Um, but from my experiences, I took one load from a tree service company in my entire life and I swore that I would never do it again. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you get these big seven foot diameter stumps <laughs> that you can't cut, you know, they're rotten and filled with <laughs> bugs. It's mystery wood. You don't even know what it is. Right. And yeah, I mean, to each their own. Yes, you might be able to get yourself a free pile of wood, but it is work. Well, you see, that's where we differ because it's another, It's this is another example of networking. Uh, two years ago, I got in pretty good to know a local tree service company here. And after a few loads of big, ugly, snarly stuff, Ugh. he was, you know, appreciative of me helping him out when he was on my side of town just by taking the wood. So then he would call me and tell me what he had and ask if I wanted it. So I could mm -hmm. become, I became selective in what he was bringing over, which is a huge go. advantage, huge advantage. And that, uh, that falls back upon networking and developing relationships. Yep. You know? where they they still probably I mean they would prefer that they would that you would take everything that they have but you know you've you've pushed back and now they know that you would only take you know some diameter or less well they're not just going to tell you to beat it because they can still use you because they got right. wood they need to get rid of and there's probably someone else on their route that would take the big stuff yeah it's but again, like you said, it, it does then sometimes equal a lot of work and you may not be able, to, you might be able to be selective in the big gnarly stuff, but you aren't as selective in species that you're getting. And right. so for me with my boiler, it doesn't matter. It, it doesn't care what I put in it. It'll burn anything. And then yeah. I can separate out the other stuff and use that to sell in the roadside stand. So for me, the tree service, uh, I guess option has just worked out great. I mean, I, mm -hmm. I get more wood than I've, I'm, I've been turning them away the last couple of weeks just because I have too much. <laughs> yeah. But isn't it now you're not getting these big stumps anymore though, but isn't no. it pretty demoralizing when you look outside and you see one out there and you think, Oh, <laughs> I gotta cut that thing up. And then yes. you come out next you come out next month and it's still there and then you come out <laughs> next year and it's still there. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it, uh -huh. it can be, but you know, at some point you just, you, you say, all right, I'm going to deal with this. You either get out your saw and noodle it down. Or in my case, I throw it up on the wolf ridge and just start breaking it down. Yeah. Well, if I had a splitter like you, I probably, I probably would be more confident in taking big logs. Yeah, that helps. So that's, that's another, <laughs> so there's another aspect to, I guess, 
being even the going to get it yourself and tree service wood is you need equipment like probably a tractor to move the big stuff around. You need a splitter that can handle it. So right. those factors weigh in. Yeah. I When I started getting serious with volume, uh, I was still um, going out into the woods and I would bring home a pickup truck load at a time. And yeah, it, that just was a lot of work, you know? I, and the, the thing that I hated the most eventually of doing that was unloading the truck when I got home because, you know, I was mostly doing a lot of that work in the summertime when the ground was firm where I could drive out through the field with my truck, but it was hot. And then, you know, you did, you did all the cutting and loading of the truck and then packing up all your stuff and then driving home. And then by the time I would get home, I was too tired to unload the truck. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And that was when um, I was talking with a friend who lived on the other side of the lake and he had an outdoor wood furnace. And he says, Joe, did you ever think about buying your logs? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> and well, you know, the answer to that was no, but you know, cause buying stuff requires money and that's kind of like why I'm doing firewood because I don't have any money. But, uh, when I finally bought my first load of logs, tree length logs from a logger, everything changed. You were like, wow, now this, this is the ticket. Yeah. It was totally yeah. worth it. You know, when you think about, you know, you don't want to spend any money. I understand that. But having six, approximately six cords of tree length pencil straight logs delivered right, you know, and placed somewhere in your yard. And you think, wow, by the time I get all this cut up and split, I'll have six cords. And I never drove my truck down the road one time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, that's when the rusty wheels started grinding for me. And that's when I thought, you know what? This could be my ticket here for a business model. Mm, yes. I, I started mm -hmm. out with the, I uh, bought a, a load of logs. My very, you know, when I first started selling and the plan was I was going to sell half the load and keep half the load for myself, but there use the money I made to pay for the log. So basically I would come out, you know, even. Sure. Well, then I realized just how much wood my boiler consumes during the winter <laughs> and I realized yeah. to get two years ahead, I would need a, a lot of wood. So I went, to the, uh, <laughs> I went and found tree service companies. <laughs> yeah. I, this is a true story. I used to work in Cleveland and I would take this off ramp off of 271 to where I used to work. And for about a month, there was a larger chunk of firewood laying on the shoulder of the highway. <laughs> and I saw it every day that I would drive to work. And finally, after about a month, I just pulled off to the side of the road and put it in my trunk and went on my way. <laughs> <laughs> I, I couldn't, I couldn't let it just go to waste. I had to risk my life of getting ran over by a semi truck for that one <laughs> stick of firewood. <laughs> Yeah, yeah boy. there are, but, yeah. but the whole, so, you know, back to the whole networking thing. Um, when I met Rick, my, my urban logger, as I call him, instead of Teresa, yeah. I call him the urban logger. 
Uh, it was just by chance. I was driving to pick up my son from school. I saw a tree being taken down and it, I just went up and talked to him. And, and that's all, you know, that's all it took. And from there, yeah. I mean, when I told him that I would take the load of wood, he kind of looked at me like, are you sure? Like, I don't believe you. You know, you really want this? Are you kidding me? You know, mm-hmm. I've, dealt, I've dealt with people before and they always end up, you know, that's, that's the kind of look he gave me. But yeah, just a chance, you know, encounter, driving by, pulled over, talked to him. And now two and a half years later, I know it, I can be selective on the wood I get and I can get as much as I want. Yeah, well, that's great. I get a lot of questions on my YouTube channel on when I, I'll do a video of a load of logs being delivered by one of these triaxle trucks with a big crane on the back of them. And people say, what do I got to do, Joe, to find these trucks? And I always say, don't ask me <laughs> because, you know, I, this is, this is my biggest struggle and, you know, finding a, a, a reliable supply of logs and but it gets down to it and what i tell people is especially if you have that card you know you just look for the trucks man you know if you see yep. one at the fueling station or maybe parked at a diner go talk to the driver uh you know they're trying to make a living too uh and these log haulers you know they either work for a logger or they're independent but it's still part of a network and if they have your name and number and address and especially if your place is easy to get in and out of, uh, you might you might find yourself you know with with too much, <laughs> yeah, too too many logs. Right. Uh, I've yet to have that problem, but you know I, I do what I can. But I it's like what you said, you know the the ability to have the confidence too, just to stop and approach someone and ask. You know, I mean, what's the worst they're going to say is no. Right. Yep, that's all that's going to happen is they'll either say no or they might know someone or like, you know, it just, it gets the ball rolling and you never know where it might lead. Yeah. And the other thing I'd learned too, now I don't know about tree service, but like the log haulers, they're not, it's not a customer service focused industry and you got to keep on them. You know, they're not like going to, they're not going to follow up with you. You need to follow up with them. And if you do get a name and number or if you can text them and stuff, you know, maybe shoot them a text every couple of weeks just to make sure that they are, that you're still on their radar screen. Yeah. I, I, it's the opposite for me now. I mean, it used to be that way, but now I get a text from Rick and he said, Hey, you ready for more wood? No, not yet. Just wait. Uh (laughs) So, but (laughs) the other interesting thing that's happened with, with uh, Rick, my, my buddy is that he actually now has also started to get into firewood. So he will take logs to his yard and then I can even go to his yard and pick and choose and take wood back for myself. So it's, it's really just blossomed into just an awesome situation to be in. Yeah. That sounds like you did hit a home run there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I still struggle with me and I shoot for 200 cords a year and I have two log haulers uh, that, I deal with, but the one is independent and he works with multiple loggers. Uh, the other one kind of does his own thing. Uh, and it just seems like I had it in my head that these log trucks would just be a steady supply of logs throughout the year. And when I needed a load, I would just call them and they would bring it and it, and it doesn't work that way, you know, and it, a lot of it depends on the weather. 
uh, because you know they don't yep. move logs out of the forest when it's when there's mud and uh, i i've just gone extended periods of time with zero logs and then i've turned around i got seven loads all at the same time <laughs> you know and it, it, it's just it, it is a struggle it really is i think probably me being just just in firewood probably contributes to that probably if i had a tree service company or if i was a logger you know life would be a lot life would be a lot easier but that's where you know i'm at the mercy of of the uh, the timber industry you know bringing me logs like that all right so i guess to uh kind of recap everything from what we kind of from what at least what i can think of the three ways you know you you can either have your own land or go out and get it from neighbors, yep. you, know, you can get you can get wood from a tree service, or yep. you can have logs delivered. I that is four it. ways, Dan, not three. Is there? That is th- four. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I guess that's yeah. Your own land or your neighbor's land. I I kind of pool together as one, but <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I. I hear people too, you know, they'll say, I want to get started in firewood. I own acreage and stuff. And I'm thinking about, I was like, I don't know if that's, I don't know (laughs) if that's the way you want to do it. Cutting down your own trees, you know, uh, unless you're on like a kind of a, a management plan, but I wouldn't use my own trees to. Well, unless, unless they need to come down, like I have, you know, oak trees that are dead and need to come down. So yeah, I would never cut a live tree down, but if they need to right. come down, you could do that. Sure. Yeah. All right. Well, I uh, thought this was a fun discussion, Dan. Yeah. I, I mean, uh-huh. again, you know, the main point, I think, even regardless of how you want to start going about, you know, getting more wood or looking for ways to acquire wood, it's just all about talking to people. Ugh. And building that network that you can then rely on to, you know, either have your logs delivered or to even go and get wood, whatever. Talk. To I people. shuddered because I was thinking my daughters would never be successful in firewood if it re- <laughs> if it required them speaking <laughs> to another human being. <laughs> I, it's hard for me to get them to go order something at Burger King because they have to talk to someone else, you know. <laughs> But right. that is the secret, you know, serious, develop relationships and network and anything that you can do to help uh, that network out, you do it. Why well, I think the low hanging fruit is get a business card. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then put something in the customer's hand. Right. And then if you are invited or you are, you do have gained access to someone's land, treat it as your own and, you know, yeah. leave it better than you found. I mean, it's the same thing with selling firewood. You know, you, you want to build the reputation Yep. And and maintain it. Yep. And don't <laughs> overpromise, you know, I'll be there at such and such and then never show up. That just drives people crazy. And make sure you cut down the right trees. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're really hard to put back. <laughs> yes. You can't put them back once they're down. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you think, oh shoot, maybe they'll never notice. <laughs> Oh, that was my my one friend who is in tree service. He says that's like a joke that they have about tree service companies that have magnetic signs on their doors of their truck. <laughs> he says they have it like that so that after they smash someone's house, they just peel their signs off their doors and head on down the road. Yep. 
Oh my, but yeah, this right. definitely was a, a fun little discussion. So again, thank you, Marcus. Yes, uh, for, thank for you. For sending that in. And anyone else, if you want to send us a note, drop us a line, give us an idea for something you'd like discussed, uh, the email address is thewoodhounds at gmail.com. All right. Well, Dan, how about let's, uh, let's end this and let's go outside and enjoy the heat. What do you say? Oh, it sounds like a great idea. Alrighty. Well, thank you everyone for tuning in and supporting the Woodhounds. You can look for us every Wednesday morning for a new episode. Yes. Appreciate you all tuning in and uh, the feedback's been great. We appreciate everyone downloading and listening and also sending us uh, some feedback. Yeah. We love to hear from you guys. All right. I want to thank you again and I wish that everyone have... A great day.